Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. Our guest today is Michael Donlon, founder of Blue Mind Coworking Space and former sales executive. Got a great show coming up. We're going to talk about the most important thing in the world to Evan, and that is sales. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back with you on the other side with Signal Fire Radio. <laughs> back to Signal Fire Radio. I am your host, Rob Renz, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, and small business owner. We just learned a lesson in podcasting, did we not, Matthew? Yes. And it's kind of a bummer one, too, because we had gone through all these efforts to have Evan in remotely. Streaming. Streaming. And we can't make it work with Audacity, which is the recording software. Uh, We're still learning here, too. I'm still wet. We're still, yeah, you're still wet because yeah. it's still raining in Wilmington. It's been a freaking monsoon. But you know what, dude? Despite my disappointment that Evan is not going to join us for this episode, I'm going to soldier on. Or Marine on. Or Marine on. He soldiers on. He soldiers on. Yeah. But we had this whole great thing set up with a guest that was like they were going to connect on so many fantastic levels, Evan and Mike. But you know what? We're going to speak on behalf of Evan. You okay with that? <laughs> When do we not? We, we, we speak for Evan. We had, we had Evan's life planned for him, and that's okay. But, but to, to tee it up before we introduce our guest, Mike, um, Evan has taken the internet world by storm, right, with his sales and steel videos where he exercises and he talks about sales. Have, you, it, see, have you seen them, Matt? Because yeah. I know you don't get on social media a lot. Well, I mean, because of Signal Fire, I'm on LinkedIn, and um, I, I thought it was a real kind of niched idea, and I think he does it well, and he, when I see the title at the beginning, what does chalk and whatever have in common, and I'm like, what the hell is he going to say? That, this, <laughs> there's no way you're going to make any valid connection than he does. I know. It's catchy because um, it gets him noticed, but, but you said something about niche that's going to be an important piece of our conversation today with Mike, and that is, like, we found our niche. We're not trying to be something that we're not. You know, like I'm not trying to market to everybody. It's not possible. It's completely impossible. If, if, if I were to ask somebody that wanted to get into sales and I said, hey, who is your target market? What, what, what market does your product serve? And they said, well, everybody. I'm going to say, well, then you don't know who your market is. Right. It's not physically possible to be everything to everybody. I mean, if we said yes to every single organization that said, hey, we want you guys to do our media. I mean, we would... I mean, we can't even keep up with what we have. So. What an amazing and fantastic plug for the services that we offer here at Signal Fire Media because we are a full-scale business now. We do uh, YouTube videos, uh, content marketing, video content marketing, podcasts, and social media management uh, for small to medium-sized businesses and for local leaders here in the Wilmington area. We don't do it remote, so if you're not in Wilmington, that's okay. Call us. We'll find somebody who does do remote work and travels. But if you're in Wilmington and you want to do what it is that we do, get in touch with us. Email Matt at signalfire.media that's m-a-t-t at signalfire media and marketing and sales goes hand in hand right and what evan is doing and what he's doing so well is he is using something that he's passionate about to get in front of people that are his actual target market which is 
I don't, I haven't talked to him enough about what it is that he's trying to do, but he's trying to get to the C-suite executive level. Um, and, and he's, he's selling, uh, software as a service. Um, I believe in the healthcare space, I believe is what specifically he's doing. I mean, do you have the same apprehension that I do that, that he has not, cause you and I have both experienced corporate life. Yeah. How do you think Evanescence is going to like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm I hope little, he loves it. I do too, but I, I mean, hope he loves it. Hindsight, having been through that, you having been through that, I'm, I'm hesitant of the one thing I don't want is I don't want six months down the road. He's sitting there falling statistic to the data that we're always talking about, yeah. about being a veteran with their first job. I don't want him to get out and then just overnight be so disenchanted. He has been fully aware of the data this entire time. He has um, narrowed down what he doesn't want to do. He's removed all of that. And so he's focused on his his career path and his industry. So I don't think he's going to become a part of the statistic. I say all that to say this. Everybody has a crappy sales job. Everybody quits a sales job to find a better sales job. That is just the nature of the industry. But it is okay. My first job in sales, I learned everything that I really needed to know about sales. And then I, I, I understood that it was a craft and a skill and a profession and something that if I worked on every single day and I got better and better and better at, that the the first crappy sales job that I had was like a stepping stone to a long and meaningful career in sales. And so I hope he does have that same experience because I think everybody needs to have a crappy sales job. True. And d don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I think he's going to fall statistic. I just, I don't, I, I absolutely don't want him to because of how much I love him and how much it sucks to go through that. <laughs> he won't. He won't. Let's bring our guest in because we had the technical difficulties with Evan. We would normally just be talking the three of us, but I want to bring Michael Donlon in. Mike, um, please, thank you for coming on the show. For starters, yeah, thanks for having me. Ab guys. Absolutely. Um, for those of you that, or for those of uh, the folks in our audience that that don't know you, don't know about you, just kind of give give a little intro about who you are, where you came from, what you do, and how you got here. Yeah, well, well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me, and uh, I love I, I love your your space here. As uh, I was trying to find it, and I was looking, you know, where it was, and there they had these these kind of stairs that went down like they're on Adam's family. right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm going, God, this could be like a podcast. It could be like a speakeasy or it could be like an S and M dungeon that you guys, <laughs> you guys do on the weekend. We kind of do all three. Yeah, yeah. So you could do any of those. At, so. at 7 PM on Fridays, it turns okay. over to the S and M. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> we just, you know, we, we, we want this space to be multi-purpose and multi-use, right. you know, different sources of revenue is really, all we're yeah. looking at for it yeah yeah now you guys did a great job i love it thank you brother i love thank it love you. it um yeah so background me um i am originally from california santa barbara i grew up on the beach rincon point so if anybody is a big surfer the best right yeah. in california oh, after, ste after steamer lane <laughs> after steamers <laughs> i'm not sure about that no the, the they, steamer's they, pretty good it is but rincon has the i mean when it's good there it's like yeah. world-class straight lines slapping. it's clean yep. and big and you can ride forever ever yeah ever and you you you're way up in the line in the lineup and you ride it all the way you step off your board on the beach and it's great <sighs> that's where i grew up i know we don't have that here at wrightsville beach no 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 the waves are so much quicker here it's, yeah you know i thought i could surf and then i got here i'm like 
Dude, I, I felt like an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I spent my I spent almost yeah. my entire life growing up surfing. Yeah. And then I come out here thinking, well, I'm from California and it's yeah. just like what are, I can't paddle for this. I feel like I like I'm a lead weight. Like yeah. my because I'm used to speed. I'm used to like pumping and like dropping down a face. Well, and the waves, and the waves in. there take. I mean, they pull you in more than like you have to work hard on the East Coast to yeah. get into a wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're quick. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be turning before you hit the bottom. So Matt, Matt, Mike doesn't even surf out here because he's such a snob about it. He gets, yeah. he gets all I got salty. Got a whole rack of boards in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, go yeah. in and they're just collecting dust. Yeah. Come just, on, man. You gotta, you gotta. I know. There's no such thing as not surfing. I know. If there's waves, you go surfing, right? Yeah, and I, I, I have recently been thinking hard on myself that I need to get back out in the water because I, I literally have gotten to a point where it's like if I can't get barreled easily, it's like I don't even want to go out. And yeah. it's like, well, then I've, I might never surf again, so I need that to That is start. a little bit snobbery. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> is the ultimate uh, West Coast snob living, but, in, oh, living in Wilmington. But I will say the first time you get barreled, you're like, damn, this is pretty yeah. freaking oh gosh. cool. Yeah. And then yes. you spend the rest of your life like getting trying to get back there. You get jaded. You get you totally know, jaded when you get tubed. Yeah. You're just like, well, if I can't get tubed, I'm not paddling out. <laughs> but that will change. This summer, I will be out in the okay, water yeah. a lot more. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, pursuit. You, you have to work towards it. You have to keep going after the next best wave. Chasing the dream. Always. Chasing the dream. Always, always, always. Let's just do a whole episode on surfing. Let's forget oh. the sales stuff. Evan's not it. here. We'll just yeah, yeah, yeah. About Let's surfing. go. <laughs> Evan's not a fan of the ocean or surfing. So, I know. He yeah. doesn't like the salt. What is... How can he not... He honestly hasn't spent much time he, there. He no, is he's a very... Different. He's extremely he's different. different. He is. I mean, he grew up in Tacoma, first of all, which... Tacoma, Tacoma, Washington? Yeah. yeah. We're all West Coasters. All, all, well, all four of us. Well, I lived in Seattle for 15 years. Oh, that, I forgot about that. Yeah. The Tacoma Aroma. The Tacoma <laughs> Dome. Remember that place? No. Oh, yeah. It's like a huge... It's like a big dome. And they call it the big... Like a, like a Coliseum? No. It's just like a big boob. Because at the top, it has this like little nipple thing. Like San Onofre? Like the nuclear reactors? Kind of, Santa? but... but Wider, wow! And, yeah, and it's and you know they do I'm like to this. Um, rodeos there and monster trucks. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like the Cow Palace. Yeah, right. And you know Ozfest. You know that that's the kind of crowd. It does look like a gigantic boob. It's a big boob. Matt, look at this thing. Can you see it? Yeah. Look at that. Is yeah. is the nipple well centered? Or? Well, the nipple has an American flag coming out of it, so it's God a patriotic bless. boob. So that a, doesn't a, get any better than that, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly how I want my women with American <laughs> flags just poking out. Like fembots, except yeah, exactly American like fembots. Flags. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, that explains a lot him being from Tacoma. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Yeah, he's very earthy. He loves the mountains. He loves the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, oh, so where was I? So grew up in Southern California. Lived in San Francisco. Lived in Seattle. Um, in medical technology, uh, basically most of my. Uh, my uh, adult career started out as a medical device rep for an orthopedic company. Here's a guy who's um, mid twenties, right, and just a derelict. And I'm going into <laughs> I'm going into surgeries with orthopedic surgeons and neurosurgeons, and I'm telling them how to put the stuff in. Right, it, it was a trip. That's really cool because that's what my sister in law, so what mm -hmm. Tommy's wife Lauren, Tommy. So uh, they live down in Long Beach, but she yeah. works for um, the company that makes, uh, I believe, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but the Da Vinci machine. Yeah. The and robotics. Yes. Yeah. And that that's all she does is she is the yeah. 
SME consultant that is mm. op, you know, bedside with the surgeon. And uh, it's fascinating what she does. And yeah. th- it is a very lucrative business. It is extremely lucrative. It is. But you're going in and like some of these surgeons don't know what they're doing. You know, the sur- surgeons are like mechanics, right? There's good ones and there's horrible ones, right? And the horrible ones are, they can't admit it, right? Yeah. I, and like Dr. Death, one of the best podcasts. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, podcasts. I, I love, I, do you know that story, Dr. Death? Uh, it was a Baylor physician that like, oh, botched no, no, no. it, and then he started intentionally botching. Check it out, Doctor Death. It's it's horrific, but very. Matt's totally thrilling. into like the true crime stories. Yeah, yeah, my wife loves us. He it's comes, fun. he comes with some from out of nowhere. Dude, Sarah loves them too. She's a nurse, <laughs> and, and who doesn't love them? Okay, well, I thought you were putting me on the spot. No, I wasn't yeah. putting you on the spot. I like this. <laughs> a little bit, because I thought I was your favorite podcast. <laughs> Thought we were your favorite. Do, do you podcast. guys need a minute to no. go to this? Okay. Maybe we have plenty of minutes. Maybe, okay. Maybe. okay, good. I'll call you on the ride home. <laughs> <laughs> so you got started doing medical device sales, yeah. as just as like a producer, right? Yeah, just cranking and, and just just killed it. Right, making so much money in my early twenties, I didn't even know what to do with. It was great. Did you work at Graceland Memorial? No, I worked in uh, I, that was um, in San Francisco. Oh, it is. I thought Grey's Anatomy was Seattle. No, I don't know. I've never watched. I know. The I don't show. either. I don't either. My girls watch Not it. Sure. Yeah, mm. it's actually that. That's very inappropriate as a man to be saying. The, never mind. The, the, I don't watch Grey's. The Anatomy. most intimate knowledge I have about Grey's Anatomy is that it's the brand of my wife's scrubs. That is all I know about it. Touche. Yeah. Wow. Touche. Yeah. yeah. I know. So I did you, work at Oakland uh, General Hospital, which was interesting. <laughs> Kind of right like there off Telegraph. The, yeah. <laughs> kind of like you guys in the war zone, right? Yeah. That, that's pretty much what it was. Oh, you and Jenna should talk about what she did at the hospital in Atlanta at Grady. Man, yeah, yeah. that tra- level one trauma center. Yeah. It's like gunshot wounds. Everything. Fires. Burns. Everything. Vehicle. Oh, yeah. Collisions. Peds on v- vehicles. Mm-hmm. is awful. But I will say, like, staff that work at those kind of hospitals, God love them. Yeah. Because that's hard-ass work. Yeah, they're like in combat every single day, basically. Every day. Yeah. Every day. We, I, I actually had a neurosurgeon that I got to be really good friends with that worked there. Young guy, great guy. And so he, and this guy was pretty eccentric. They all are, right? But this guy, he'd go, and most neurosurgeons, when you go in, it's all quiet and everybody's like, you know, helping him out and not making any noise. This guy could not operate unless he had like, Heavy metal music just cranking. Right. Sounds kind of like us. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah. Was, so he, he, was he smoking he, a cigarette like in the <laughs> OR too? <laughs> no, but I might have smoked some other things with him later. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it he, was the '90s, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. It's you know, it's a little white snake and doing a craniotomy. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> in Marlboro Reds. Uh. Marlboro. So anyway, so yeah. So, so you started there, and then you just sort of climbed your way up to the very, very top, right? Well, I got, I got more interested in the technology side of it. Yeah. This was way early, right? I mean, this is almost pre-internet. Um, and it just you know, fascinated me. So I got more on to, you know, to that side uh, with Corporation McKesson, which is a big you know, fortune. Yeah, I had a bunch ten. of buddies that worked for McKesson. Yeah, yeah, and that was good. And then got that startup kind of itch and went with a startup company that was um, sourcing clinical resources from uh, offshore and having them remotely support the U.S. market. <clears throat> and that was great. We That was a good success story. We grew that from... And that was up in the Pacific Northwest also? No, that was in Bay Area, San oh, Francisco. Yeah, it's called Medical. 
And we, uh, so we had nurse operational centers in the Philippines. So I'd go to the Philippines a lot, which is fun too. But um, we grew that from, you know, 30 employees to like 1,500. Wow. Holy so cow. Sold that in about four years. Good, good exit there. Oh, in four years, grew that much? Four and a half years. We grew it to, from 2 million to almost 50 million. That was good. I'm in. What do you... I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game on. That's what we hope to do here, Mike. Maybe we'll get yeah. some Stock feed- feedback from you of <laughs> yeah, yeah. how we we'll scale this out. thing and then exit successfully. Um, how much do you attribute your first gig in sales to your career success? Oh, it's huge. So you guys were talking about Evan starting a, a job, right? And my brother has the best term for it. He calls it sales boot camp. And he was when he started, he was selling like, long distance service you know how just horrible that was um oh telephone service yeah telephone oh service. i forgot this that even existed Dude, yeah. Isn't, yeah isn't that funny yeah uh in, in san francisco and he'd be selling to all these just bad neighborhoods and i'm like dude how do you do it it's like oh it's it's sales boot camp you know i'm just learning and so that's cool though he owned it he's like this i'm in the place i need to be yeah yeah he's beautiful he's a great guy um but you know, being the medical device sales guy is really set me up for success in healthcare because I was dealing with patients. I was dealing with physicians and surgeons and nurses and really understood what they were going through, right? What they saw every day, what their challenges were, right? And I always equate that. So when I'm meeting with clinical folks, you know, I always, I always revert back to what I, what I learned there. And they really appreciate that because they're like, this guy understands it. He gets it, Right. And it makes the sales process so much easier when you're selling to those kind of guys. So yeah, absolutely, it was it was a great foundation. Um, I want to get into a longer conversation about this, so I, we're going to take a super fast break because I've got some follow up questions mm. on that. Um, I think we're going to have a nice conversation about this because okay, cool. all passions are aligning right now. Even though <laughs> Matt is the least salesy person of all of us, he's actually a really good salesperson. Yeah. Because he's got the secret sauce of like, uh-huh. oh please, you do. You're, Dude, you're, you're it's you, like swingers, man. You're so money, baby. You don't you, even know it. Carl Wallen and Jordan Nason, you guys have the gift. But thank you, no, Robert. There's three. There's three. Well, we can talk about. All right, come back. Yeah, there's yeah. Three Hold. elements to a, a good salesperson, whether you know it or not, or whether you think you're a salesperson or not. That is a heck of a good tease right there. there don't go know. anywhere. When we come back, the three elements the three of elements. a really good salesperson on Signal Fire Radio. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. We are having a fantastic conversation with Michael Donlon, our guest. If you can hear that in the background, because these are uber, uber, uber sensitive microphones, um, Matthew has finally elected to have a little sip of Jameson. Oh, sorry, Buffalo Trace, excuse me. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Nice. That it, tastes like Friday. <laughs> it does. It is Friday. It is 3 o'clock on a Friday. Oh, yeah. oh, these, yeah. these don't air until Monday, but we record them all on a Friday, so... You know, Matt's not having a drink at nine o'clock in the morning on Monday. It's but the end of the week, and we're having some fun. We're all self-employed, right? So. <laughs> we yeah. are all self-employed. We can do that. Rome. We can do whatever we want, and we're all headed down to the Chamber of Commerce uh, elected leaders barbecue. What they call it? Social lubricant. Social lubricant. Yeah. So, and that'll just make you a better salesperson. Is that one of the three elements of being a great salesperson? <laughs> is alcohol controlled substance? So, <laughs> I'm going to amend that and say there's four good elements, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so what are they, Mike? The th- in your yeah, opinion. Yeah, walk us through this. Walk us through this. Okay, so everybody, everybody thinks salespeople are like these pushy used car sales guys, right? And that c- couldn't be farther from the truth, 
right? But in all my years of selling and managing sales and hiring salespeople, you, you know, you have the, the table stakes stuff, right? Intelligence and ambition, you know, and soft skills, all that. Right. But what it comes down to for me is number one is a good listener. That's the obvious one, right? You've got to, but you're listening to understand the issues, the challenges from your audience, right? Because they're, you, you guys talked about it earlier um, about sales. People only buy value. And if they can't see or understand what the value is to them, they're not going to do anything. Right. Right. So how do you understand it? You have to listen. Right. So it's listening and asking the right questions. Right. But and that leads to the second one, which is preparation. So understand your audience. Do background. Research them right? Have some hypotheses on what you think, you know, their business challenges are, and then you can softly test them. That, that goes, that goes into your, into your, your developing out your questions, right? And there's so much data and resources that you can research people that there's no reason why you shouldn't, right? Because you have to be audibly ready to address any question that they ask you. Which I think Rob I mean, I feel pretty dynamic when I'm on my feet, get thrown questions at me. Yeah. Rob, you should see this dude in a business meeting. I mean, dude, you go on oh, like stop. cyclic rate of fire. You're like, gah, 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 and it's like, you don't miss a beat. And his answers, you're just like, yeah. where the hell did this guy come from? It drives Jenna crazy, my wife, yeah. because um, I need zero. Well, it's not when you become a practitioner of it, right. you don't need as don't much. Don't be cutting out any no, of the no, no. free. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm supporting it. I'm supporting it. <laughs> when you become a practitioner of it and you know your yeah. product or your service, right. like the back of your hand, you don't need as much preparation. And it drives Jenna crazy because she's like, hey, this person called and they want this. And I'm on the phone before the sentence even leaves her mouth because I just, I'm, I'm ready for it. So, I know what to say. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you a please little bit. Please do, yeah. Because civil discourse. Yes, Civil please. discourse, right? <laughs> so it, that's what salespeople think it's all about them, what they're selling. Yeah. It's not. It's what your audience wants. It's true. So when I say be prepared, right, I assume you know your product, right, all that. When I say be prepared, it's know your audience. Mm -hmm. What's the industry? Why are they calling me? Right. If you can. Right. If you, if you get a call out of the blue. Right. But so meaning something as simple as go to their website, read the about us tab, check yeah. out whoever you're meeting yeah. LinkedIn profile, what their history is. So, right. I mean, right. simple so, stuff. you know, so like you look like you could be a, a, an alpaca salesman. <laughs> right. With your man bun and all that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Does he? He just wants to sell you some alpaca stuff and some hemp. Some, and hemp, some hemp seed. Yeah. yeah. And some hemp Ooh, seed. You're talking my <laughs> right? mid 90s. Yeah. Language. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's researching the industry, right? Knowing what the challenges are, know what the trends are. And then when you're going in your question, you're saying, how are you dealing with this, right? How are you dealing with that? That's preparation because it's all about your audience. It's not about you, right? That, that's, that's the second one. The third one, and, and Matt, I think this is why you're a natural sales guy, is the best salespeople I've seen are good storytellers. Mm -hmm. They take what they know, their industry, their solutions, and they turn it into entertainment, right? And <clears throat> humans, as, as, as we evolved, we were storytelling. That's how things got passed down for generations, right? <clears throat> we, we are hardwired 
to listen to a story, right? And, and, and really understand the characters and sort of, you know, root for them, right? Whether we know it or not. So the, the, the sales guys I know, they're great. They start telling the story and they use examples, right? And they talk about it indirectly. And I swear, people just are mesmerized by the story. They put their, their, you know, their iPad down or whatever they're doing. And they're like, wow, this is a good story. I wonder what happens, right? How's it going to end, right? Dude, how, I love the so, fact that you brought it up and you articulated like that because, yeah. I mean, literally, if you look at the fundamental framework of how we deliver through Signal Fire Media Company, our marketing mm. solutions is it's it's based on the story brand. It's, it's based story. on you're telling a story, right? Exactly. You, you got right? the good guy, you got the bad guy, you got the objectives, you got the the pet. I'm gonna screw it up. I don't it's remember. Okay. All seven. Look at look at um. You know the one I was impressed with Yeti, right? Yeti coolers, mm -hmm. pretty cool, but it's a cooler, right? I mean, you could have the styrofoam fishing cooler. It probably does the same thing. What these guys did is is you know, through their branding, they tell a story, right? Whether it's out hunting, you know, or you're fishing or on your boat, you know, the, the, the Yeti is just part of this bigger story that people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I love out fishing, right? I need a Yeti. <laughs> Only real men have Yetis. Yeah. Yeah. Real men have Yetis. Well, it becomes like a status yeah. thing, too. Yeah. Like when you pull up at the boat dock and something, if you don't have a Yeti, it's you like, kind of feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got an igloo. Yeah, you know, even though Igloo is trying real hard to like throw out some retro coolers and stuff like that, yeah. but but yeah. but that's what like I don't mind being sold something mm -hmm. at all, especially when it's done when it's done the right way. Um, but there's there's those certain purchases that you make that that are aspirational maybe, but they they give you a a, a feeling of confidence and strength and yeah. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's what I think Yeti did really well was like, if you're going to be on the fishing dock, on the pier, or or chilling at the beach with all your bros surfing, yeah. you need to have the Yeti cooler because <laughs> everybody will think you're a little bit cooler. They created yeah. a problem that you didn't know you had. Yeah, that's a great right. way of saying it. Wait, so you're saying every I thought cooler... I was cool, but I'm not that cool. Yeah. Right? Every cooler I've had could be torn up by a bear, but this won't? <laughs> exactly. What is this, a hotel for ants? What have I been doing this entire time? It's unbelievable. Damn. Hey, as much as I love them and as... as... Well, first of all, I'm an Arctic guy. You like, are. It's. I mean, it's the. It, let's. It. I mean, in my eyes, it's the identical thing, and I'm just like thirty well, percent cheaper. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Yeah. And lighter. One thing I did not consider is if it's great on the boat because it can just sit on the boat. But by God, if you're going out to the beach and you're not just opening up a tailgate and mm -hmm. dropping it, mm -hmm. you got to carry it from like your paid parking. You may as well just bring a shotgun and, and put a round through your. Head. You've seen. You've seen yeah. the Yeti yeah. that I got for Jenna recently, right? Beautiful. That has the gigantic wheels on it. Yeah, that, hot that, pink. Dude, I mean, that would definitely. It's I mean, coral. That's game. It's coral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Coral. Yeah, but we we went we went to Lee's Island a couple weekends ago, and we on oh, your boat. Oh, that. Oh, I remember oh, that day. Yeah. Hey, Lovely Mike, I got, a, I got a I got a great story. So, um, uh, hit so, me. Yeah. So we've had a boat forever, and Rob and Jenna, when when we first started hanging out with them, we took them out on the boat, and they're like, "Yeah, dude, we're definitely getting a boat." They bought this beautiful Tidewater, which is I have that we have the same boat. It's identical but it's, to Matt's. No, oh, different yours, color. Yours different is color. newer, sexier. What kind cleaner. is it? Center console. Yeah, yeah. it's a 20, 21 and a half foot center console That's Tidewaters. Perfect. That's yeah. exactly what you want here. Yeah, it's great. So their second maiden voyage, I believe, which was mm -hmm. two Sundays ago. Rob's like, "Hey, we're going out on our boat." And sure enough, I text him that morning. Hey, dude, we just got out of church. We're on our way. Who left us at the dock? None other than Rob and Jenna Renz. <laughs> Girls were See burning ya. up in the heat. 
Yeah. I had I had my Arctic cooler as my we biceps not, were shaking because I'm just holding it forever. This is all <laughs> a lie and a perfect example of when a good storyteller can use their ability for don't, the wrong don't, reasons. Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> Right. But you did say, sorry, dude, this ain't going to work today. But it was two hours <laughs> before you were out on the dock. No, it was. It yeah. was. It, yeah. And it wasn't an issue because we have plenty of friends with boats. We don't need Rob and Jenna. Yeah. Not to mention we have our own boat. We were just <laughs> yeah. being kind yeah. of lazy and didn't want to, you know. Yeah. 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 Didn't want to put out your own. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. to, to the point of Matt's bouginess and his yeah. uh, West Coast snobbery, yeah. he won't use a public boat ramp. He'll, he'll, he has friends with private boat ramps and, and, Oh, I will. It only... just ain't pretty. I mean, no. I've had a boat my entire life. I and... wouldn't either. I'm with you, man. They're dangerous. I am too, Mike. Especially I'm, out I'm, here. We've done it twice, and I'm fed up with it. I'm no. like, get me, find me a wet sub. There's none available for starters. There's yeah. there's some private boat ramps that you can become. They are. Of. They're two hundred and something grand for a thirty foot slip. Yeah, yeah, no. they are. Well, available yeah. and out of reach are two completely different things. Correct. Yeah. Maybe if I'd gone into medical device sales instead of insurance. Early. Early. Yeah. <laughs> well, my wife said she's like, I'm not doing a boat here because we've always had a boat right? yeah she's like i'm not doing a boat if, if we have to launch it no not no starter that's number one number two she's had ever head which she's never used ever no one's I, ever used ever my my wife anyway. almost demanded that we had a, um, a, a head yeah and she gets motion sickness seasickness at the flick of anything yeah so it's like there's no Why? i mean it doesn't matter if you're anchored or not going inside the center console and closing the door she like and all three of my girl or all three of them they would lose their mind. I'm just like yeah, so glad we nah. that was a point. Hey, yeah, we're doing okay without it. True, true. I'll, I'll see you on the water this weekend. Yeah, Maybe. we'll pick you up, Mike. You and Julie meet us somewhere. Yeah, we're we're, we're we'll go to Dockside. Yeah. There's yeah. a fifty percent chance he won't show up. <laughs> or leave you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're on our way. We'll be you there could, in a few you minutes. Could, you could see me with my Yeti cooler. <laughs> you know, I, I had a perfectly good cooler on my boat and. I needed the Yeti cooler. Yeah. You just had to upgrade. Had to upgrade. Status symbol. Status yeah. symbol. So listen, prepare. And what was the third one that you said? Telling the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. Be it's, a good storyteller. When did you remember all that coming together for you in your sales career? Um, it was, well, you know, I always, I always do research, right? You talk about sales as a profession. And I think you've got to look at it that way. It's just like being a doctor, a lawyer, or architect. You know, there's structure to it, right? There's strategy, there's skills. And I think that's what you have to do. And there's, there's just such good um, content out there from really good salespeople that have really broken it down and just scientifically, right? The one that really good is mastering the complex sales cycle. It's just... It's scientific, right? And it goes through it to say, here are the steps and here are the things. And as you start to think about it like that, then you start to structure what you do, right? Um, but there's a book that my brother-in-law told me about, and he's, it's, I forget the name, it's uh, Storytelling Selling or something. And he owns, a, he owns a pretty successful jewelry store. And he's like, you got to read this book. It's great. <clears throat> um, and I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. So I actually picked it up and I started reading it and it was just, it was so cool because it wrapped in, um, it's just interpersonal stuff, right? It's, 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 we're, we're all salespeople, right? Whether you want to believe it or not, right? We're always trying to sell, you know, I'm trying to sell my wife to go on the boat this weekend. Yeah. Or, you know, you're selling your kids or who I sell my kids every day. Every day. To other people. Please eat something healthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
you ate an entire package of cookies and it's 1030 in the morning. All right. Right. Here's why you need to have some fruit. Right. But no, value, you need... right? You're, you're setting up value to them. Right? What, That's what it, what's important. What's your pitch, Mike? Because um, because I, I agree with you. I think the most influential book that I read in the beginning of my sales career was Nothing Happens Until Somebody Sells Something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. The closer you are to revenue generation within a company, the more importance you have for everybody that's behind you that actually has to do the work after something is yeah. sold. Yeah. Um, but but prof- the sales profession or professional salespeople like the three of us in this room um, – I think when people, especially for our audience, you know, military folks that are getting out, they look at like I did. I said, "Ew, sales is sales is a job for people who can't get a real job." Yeah, um, which is BS. Which is absolute, complete, yeah. and total BS. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm so glad that my life kind of intervened and took me in a different direction. But like, what would your pitch be to somebody? Um, that might be thinking about it or on the fence about it or completely against it. Like what, what would that, what would, what would you say to somebody that's like, meh? I I would say if you're against it, research it more, right? Cause you've got this, Oh, I'm the used car salesman and I'm forcing someone to buy something they don't want. Right. That is the single biggest misconception. People aren't going to buy what they don't want. Right. Uh, they think Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Remember that movie? Oh, man, get the steak knives. Get Second place knives. gets the steak knives. Yep. <laughs> the third place, you get fired. The leads are trash. <laughs> right? The leads are trash. You're trash. Yeah. That's uh, all time. Exactly. Up. That's the best. But anyway, um, where was I? Um, oh, what did you yeah. say? So it's so that's, that's the first thing. Dispel that. The second one I always tell people is how much control you want over your career. Do you want to control how much you make, right? Because sales is one of the few um, professions where you get to decide how much you're compensated. And to me, that's important, right? Um, because there's no limit, right? You can, you can make as much as you want, sell as much as you want, right? So that's really important. And there's, there's a certain amount of freedom to it. You know, you're out, <clears throat> you know, especially if you're outside sales, you're running around, which I like to do. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's sol- you have to ask yourself, do you like solving problems for people? Right. And to be able to do that, you have to understand what the problem is. Right. And here's the, here's the other big misconception in sales is most salespeople assume that their audience, their target understands what their issue is. Right. I will challenge you to say most of them do not. Right. They don't have a good a hundred percent good understanding of what their challenge is, why they're not selling or why they're whatever it is. Right. So it's the job of, of a good salesperson to start asking those questions. How do you address this? Right. Why do you, why do you, you know, why do you think you're losing X amount of, of, of dollars w- with this? Right. What's that workflow look like? You know, there's, uh, do you think there's a lot of steps to it? How much does that cost? Right. And then you, and then, through your questioning, you boil it down to, to a quantitative number to say, this is how much this challenge is costing you. Because people get that, right? They're like, damn, that's costing me 20 grand a year or 20 grand a month, right? Yeah, you're breaking down the data to something that's digestible and of value right. to them. But they're, they're embarrassed. They don't want to tell you that they don't know, you know, 100% what their business is, right? Yeah. So you got to be careful. So, but you walk them through it and, and, and you know, through your questioning, they're like, 
Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, right? Well, what's, you know, what's your metric on this? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay, well, let's, let's talk through it. What, what do you think it is? This, is? this is what I've seen in the industry, mm-hmm. right? This is where your preparation comes in, right? In the, in, in the llama farming, right? Or alpaca, sorry. Mm-hmm. Llama, alpaca. <laughs> Don't whatever. insult Rob. He's yeah. very yeah. passionate about his alpaca. His alpaca. Llamas are beneath me. Okay? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, my that. bad. My bad. Um, you know, it's in the industry, this is the metric that we see. Do you think that's where you are, right? And I'm thinking in my head, crap. I'm like below that i'm not even reaching that metric yeah alpacas will give you 20 percent more efficiency at 10 10 less cost than, <laughs> than your current pack animal yeah <laughs> of a llama a yak there you or... go see <laughs> see that's preparation right that's like i know my industry is that absolutely nowhere or a yeti no. or a yeti or a yeti well, which i've only are... seen it i've only seen at uh matterhorn at disneyland it's the yeah. only place i've ever seen a true yeti do you think yetis are real yeah i lived in uh, seattle <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm serious. At, at two in the morning, there's a lot of Yetis running around <laughs> <laughs> out of the bars. Hell yeah! <laughs> so maybe Yeti is a West Coast version of no a Yeti lives Yehu. in the mountains. Yeti, a, a Yeti is Bigfoot, but in well, the Sasquatch, mountains in, right? in Sasquatch. Yeah, it's what's all, the difference between a Yeti and a Sasquatch? It's I mean, white. It's, it's like it's thing. like a polar bear white. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. like what's the difference between a grizzly and a polar bear? A grizzly is. You know, same yeah. family or same genus, different species, I guess. Well, and Yetis right. have the red right. lights, and they kind of got a little blue tint to their face, at least at the, the, the Disney at Matterhorn. Ones. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Disney ones. And they gotcha. used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I used to, okay, so I haven't seen yeah. a Yeti. I've seen the Sasquatch. Sorry. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I would imagine they're stumbling they're... out of the bars in Tacoma at yeah. two a.m. Yeah. <laughs> from the from the big boob, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the giant Tacoma boob. Yeah. You, you said something, Mike, that I think yeah. is so relevant to me. And anytime I'm mentoring somebody and they say, "Hey, why why would I consider getting in sales?" Or better yet, the question to me is, uh, "Why did you decide to do what it is that you do?" Um, and when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, I had two like things checkpoints that I that I needed filled on a daily basis. Number one is at the end of the day, I wanted to feel like when my head hit the pillow, I did something of significance for another person. Yeah. And then number two That's is right. I wanted to I wanted my income to be commensurate with the amount of effort that I put in. I didn't want somebody to say, this is a fifty thousand dollar a year job, you're a fifty thousand a year person. That's I, right. I didn't want those things. Is that is that in alignment with yeah. kind of why you decided to? Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Right. And then you you've got to say what what are you passionate about? What do you like? You know. I mean, I'd love. I didn't realize at the time, but when I got into medical sales, I loved going in the OR. Right. The the messier, the bloodier. The better. I don't know what it was, right? A lot of people go in and they're like, "I think you're a dude," and I think we all have an affinity yeah. for blood and guts. Could be, and, could be. And then could afterwards, be. you go have a steak with the guy who's playing yeah. White Snake, the neurosurgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so you you got to love what you do too, whatever that product is. Yeah. Right. But then you've got to say, what are you really selling? So take insurance, right? What are you really selling? Are you are you selling an insurance policy? Peace Boring. of mind more than anything. You're yeah. selling security. You're right. selling a peace of mind, right? So, so I have a um, co-working site, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. I don't sell saying, "Hey, I got a desk for you or an office." What we promote is, you know, you come in, you're more productive, right? And what we built, you have a, the sense of well-being, and you like working here, and you're creative, right? That's that's what we're selling. We're not yeah. selling coworking. Yeah, I wanna I wanna I want you to hold that thought because um, you know, take a real quick break. And on the other end, the more I get to know you, 
the mm. more I've kind of paid attention to how thoughtful you've been on mm. creating Blue Mind co-working space, but also how you've sort of how you've layered in your sales experience yeah. into the creation yeah. of this That's thing. Right. So we're going to take a real quick break. When cool. we come back, we're going to finish up with Mike Donlon. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. Having a fantastic conversation with our guest, Mike Donlon. And uh, Mike, you have, you're still uh, active in, as an executive yeah. in healthcare, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. you, you've decided to take on a side hustle yeah. with Blue Mind Cowork. Yeah. Why? Keep my wife busy. <laughs> Julie needed something hey, to do. Can you erase that? Yeah. <laughs> Edit that out. Later. No, that's going to be the one piece that we send to her for your social media promotion. <laughs> well, so the background was we were, I was at Tech Mountain, you know, doing co-working, and then they closed down <clears throat> and because of the pandemic. Because I knew they would, because Castle Branch is the is the you know the the parent company, and they're growing, and it's great. They need the space, and so. You know, I was looking for something for us to do, right, that, that my wife and I could kind of do together and, you know, keep us busy. And, I, you know, I came across this co-working because everybody kept calling me saying, what are you doing for office space? Now it's the Tech Mountain closed and this and that. I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is something that we should be Yeah, how many at. other people are asking the same question? Oh, I had like 20, 30 people yeah. saying, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I got a home office, but it kind of sucks because I'm here all the time. Amen. Right. I can attest to that. We now. had to drag. I, I had yeah. to intervene and get Matt out of his home office somewhere yeah. like 12 months into the pandemic. Yeah. That's like everybody. Everybody's like, oh, I hate it in my home office. But then it's like <laughs> getting them out of there that, you know, <laughs> they don't want to go. It's like, come on. So anyway, so a friend of mine was a, um, a real estate broker. And I said, hey, if you ever find a space, the, this is what I'm thinking. And two months later, we found where we are and said, hey, these guys are they just signed a five-year lease. Um, they were bought by a parent company in Chicago, and the pandemic hit, and they sent everybody home, and now they want to go to a decentralized model. They'll give you all the furniture. Everything's in there. You just take over the lease. And I said, okay, and negotiated lease down and got all this great furniture, and, you know, and the rest is history. And, you know, it was a six-month process to get it up and everything going, but um, – you know, we created this thing. And everybody asked me, why Blue Mine, right? What does that mean? And we were talking about surfing earlier. You'll get this. Um, and there's um, this author, Wallace J. Nichols, right, mm. is a marine biologist. Many of his books. You have? No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Sorry. I don't read a lot of books. It's an ongoing joke. I'm not yeah. a big reader. Yeah. That's read <laughs> well, like shed. three shed. books. But marine biology, life. that has my attention. Well, marine biologist, but he started studying people who were in the ocean or near the ocean. And, and started to do the study on, he noticed that people on, near, under, in the ocean are happier, um, the sense of well-being, they're more creative, you know, all the stuff why we live here. Yeah. Right? And I grew up in Santa Barbara, on, on, literally on the beach, and my wife and I tried to move to Denver one time, and we're just like, this doesn't feel right. You know, everything was great, but we're like, we couldn't figure out why, right? And I finally said, it's not near water. Saltwater like, too, I mean. right? And she's like, "You're right." <clears throat> and so, so this blue mine. He talks about the the scientific evidence, you know, because we all came from the water, right? You know, and in this gestation, when you're a fetus, you have gills, right? So he's got all this cool scientific background on it, and says, um, "This is why you're happier. This is why people are more creative, right?" And and. Think about it. If you go on vacation, where do you want to go? Yeah. Go to the beach. Go to the beach. Yep. 
Yeah, you go to the lake, you go to the water, right? All that. You don't got to sell me on that. I mean, yeah. We're literally here because we were in Atlanta and we felt we were, we had no lifestyle. Yeah. Everything was about go to work, go home, go to the grocery store, run errands. Yeah. It was awful. Country it was club, awful. derby races. Um, derby races. Polo. Leave it polo, alone. Polo matches. Yeah. Oh, all the polo, <laughs> man. I'm going to be stuck in Buckhead tonight. <laughs> Dude, Buckhead was live in the Where's early my mint julep, yeah, Muffy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. well, so, you. So, yeah. anyway, so yes, so that's why we named Blue Mind. But um, we're just, you know, my wife, Julie, and I, who you know, we're just social uh, people. I come from a family of eight kids, right? Um, and we just like that interaction. Mm-hmm. And we just thought that this was a great business model for us because not you don't have to have a lot of employees. You get to greet people that are coming and going, um, and you know you just she takes care of the day to day operations, keeps the plate spinning. Thank God, because I'd be a mess. But she does all that great. And um, you've got a dope office that you can use, not at the house anymore, yeah, right? It solves yeah. the need for yourself yeah, too. Yeah, 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 D- dude. And the first time I walked into that place, yeah, I mean the the artwork you guys have in there. I mean yeah. every bit of the vibe. And I want. Did you guys have surf playing surf video? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we have yeah. two monitors. I mean, it's, it's like coffee bar. It's like you walk in there and you're just like, I mean, me personally, I want to drop off all my clothes, be in the sun, and paddle out. Matt literally said uh, before we started shooting today, he was like, hey, we need to have surf videos playing on the TV in here all the time. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, but, the, but the vibe, just because of the aesthetics and the artwork and just everything you guys and the have color, done, right? The specific color schemes, these light blues and these pastels. That's all. That's all to to you know relax and and lower blood pressure and, and be more creative and, and calm and it, it's all that's all part of it right so like um we're not selling co-working we're selling almost a peace of mind mm-hmm. and productivity right and be and be able to network with other like-minded professionals yeah you know that's what we do yeah and i think what you've done very very well and what I, i've a lesson that i've learned just from watching you guys from the first time we met up until mm-hmm. now is that you layered in the story Mm-hmm. of Blue Mind into right. the solution um, and created a culture of your own right. out of nothing. Right. And that's your sales pitch. Yeah. But I always, um, if you know, it's like when you first came in, right? I always say when people come in and ask, show me, show me around, right? I'm like, hey, give me some background. I mean, what do you do? Right? How do you like to work? Where are you now? You know, that's building to say, all right, how can I provide you value mm-hmm. based on your specific situation, right? And then, and, and that's what we, and that, and that's what we talk about, right? Because <clears throat> th- that's that's listening, and then that's kind of the telling the story. But it's saying it's about you. It's not about us. It's about you. Here's how we can help you. Right. Right. That's the bottom line with sales. I love it, man. Mike, appreciate yep. you coming to be a guest on the show today. Love it. If yep. uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, talk about sales. Talk about healthcare. Talk yeah. about co-working yeah. space. How should they get in touch with you? Uh, Michael at BlueMindCoworking.com. That's it? Yep. Or you can Easy peasy. in our website, Blue Mind Coworking. Blue Mind Coworking, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you're listening to this and you're in Wilmington and you're sick and tired of being trapped at your kitchen table and uh, working from home, which most people have done for 12, 14, 16, 18 months, yeah. um, I personally cannot recommend what you guys have going on there more. 
Um, we had a Matt. You didn't show up for it, but we had a, a, a yeah, fun where were you, Matt? A networking group. Uh, Trust me, there was something legit on going on because if you ask Robert, I will go. Especially now, given all the silliness, it wasn't legit. Wait, yeah, what was he doing? He was probably I don't know. He yeah. comes. He fate. He creates problems for himself. He's like, oh, break drums on the Subaru or. Clothes. Oh. I gotta. Oh, I, I got have, my chaser size. <laughs> I have all around. I, I have all around disc brakes on the Subi, so the yeah. dr- brake drum. That's yeah, okay. All right. Not relevant. <laughs> I was butthurt though that I wasn't there. He was. He was yeah, shearing. Yeah. He was shearing his alpaca so we could stitch together his, al- his alpaca his blanket. Al- yeah, some some easy hippie. <laughs> I was hacking. T-shirts. I was hacking back from Machu Picchu. <laughs> Machu Picchu. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love it. I love it. Um, Mike, thank cool. you so much again for being here, man. Really this appreciate is great, guys. it, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the chat. Thanks for the tequila. And Absolutely. We'll see, it, we'll see it. We'll see it at the barbecue, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll Matthew, continue. absolutely. Any parting words for the Signal Fire Nation out there? Um, I just really appreciated. It, first of all, just the synergy from everything we discussed. So many things that you touched yeah. on, from the ocean to co work to telling a story, really resonates personally with me, but with mm-hmm. the Signal Fire team. Yeah. Um, but to all of our listeners, we want to inspire you to go enrich your mind, nourish your soul. Oh, here you go. Grow your tribe. Matt's doing it today. Yep. And forging the body. <laughs> can I can I clean that up a little bit? Fine. Mm, why? Right. That's perfect. I How know. can you clean up perfection? You I know thought, what? You know what? You're right. See, now I get what you're dealing with. Yeah. Matt. I'm high strong, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have high, I have too high of expectations <laughs> for everybody around me. Matt, we're going to leave that as the sign-off. I love you, brother. Love you, for too. For the third leg of the tripod who's not here, Evan Anderson, we love you, too, my friend. Until next time. Go do something productive with yourself. Feed your mind, strengthen your body, nurture your spirit, and grow your tribe, and go be a signal fire in your community. We'll talk to you next week.